Welcome, everybody, to Stories from the Frontline Heroes. I'm your host, Mal Green, and I wanted to set up this podcast, uh, this particular episode with Brother Dwight. He's going to talk about his transformation from becoming an active, full-duty police officer to becoming a civilian. And he's going to talk about some of the mental health struggles that he is uh, going through and that everybody kind of goes through when their transformation is, is, is in effect, so to speak. Remember, there's going to be a part two to this, so you get to see uh, the transformation kind of take hold. Um, there's a lot of things that are relevant to what's going on today in this podcast, and this podcast was taped back in September 2019, and it's November 2020. So, um, hey, take some notes. Make sure you catch the follow-up podcast, and uh, we'll love to hear from you. Catch me on Facebook at Mal Green, and Stories of the Frontline Heroes is one of my pages. Thank you for listening. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another segment of Real Cop Stories. And I am your host, Mal Green, and along with me is... Lady Beth. And... And today, we've got a, a great topic for you, and we're going to talk about what happens to you emotionally when you're transferring from being a law enforcement officer to a civilian and kind of the emotional effect that you go to because people don't understand that. With us today, we've got our brother, Dwight, and he is going to, he's recently retired, and we have uh, a person that's retired in for a little bit here, and then we have two people that are getting ready to step through that door. Everybody handles it different. So brothers, your show, why don't you take us through the steps of when, let's say, the first couple weeks you know you're going to retire and you hand in your paperwork and you're getting ready to do this thing, what you felt like emotionally? Well, I, I think when I went and talked to the retirement people, that's when it became real. Because then I had a, then they gave me a, then I end up with a date. Mm. And they, would, they told me, well, you know, after this date, you can't, you make sure you get all your stuff done on the twenty on the thirtieth, I believe it was, because on the thirty first you, you you can't you can't do any more work. So uh, I went and I did all of my stuff. I gave it, get got caught up on everything, and and I'm and at this point in time I'm starting to feel. I mean, this is is this this is real. I mean, I'm I'm about to leave this job. Something I've done for twenty five years. I'm about to leave this thing. So. It went all. I had to, you know, I caught, got caught up on reports. I, you know, I was in the office for the last week or so, you know, getting caught up on paperwork and, and what have you. Um, and uh, the the first day, it, I mean, it was like working on the streets because I, you know, and it was it was actually a lot of. I took a lot of reports, but it was like fun because I'm realizing that this is going. This is it. I'm I'm counting down here. So. Uh, Second day, you know, same thing, a lot of reports. Even on my third day, I mean, I, I'm supposed to be in the back, not up, up front, you know, in you know, contact with contact with citizens, but I'm up front. And so 
you know, I, I uh, had some reports, and then uh, about 9 o'clock or so, everything started to settle down. And so I did up, I had to turn all, start turning all that equipment in and, and, um, and what have you. Stuff that I hadn't, I didn't even know I had anymore, I, that stuff. And it, you know, and it became personal. This stuff is, you know, like, you know, this stuff I had, I've had this stuff for 25 years, and I'm giving it up. Um, and, um, and yeah, and, and so the, um, the last thing I think, I, I did that broadcast, my, le my final broadcast I did, and I, that was emotional. It was, it was very emotional to hear, they open that whole channel, the whole entire city up, mm -hmm. so, so everybody can hear your last broadcast. And as I, as I did the final broadcast, all those people came in, congratulating me, and that was, that was rough. It was, it was, it was hard, and I, and I can't, I'm not going to lie, I, I, I cried, I cried like a baby, it was, because that was the end. Mm -hmm. That was the very end. So, um, at 12 o'clock, shift in, um, I uh, begun. All of my, I had to, the last thing I had to give up was the gun. And, again, that was another, that was a hard, another hard pill to swallow. Because for 25 years, I'd had that thing on my side. When I left work, I had it on my side. Mm. Um, I said, uh, and as hard as it was, I you know, I took some pictures with some people and, and um, you know, said my goodbyes and went to the parking lot. And I felt empty. I just, it was like I didn't have that gun on me. And it was like, what am I supposed to do? I, I don't know. What what do I do? I mean, you know, I'm there's a I'm starting a whole new life here. What what do I do? I don't I don't know. Mm -hmm. So um, a couple of days later, I had a had a party at the district and you know everybody that came was there and that was you know that was that was good because all those people came and shook you know they showed their their love and appreciation for you and that was good but after that that's when stuff starts to get real mm -hmm. um, I um, I left there I left out that door not to return anymore and that you know to to walk out of that place and you see we 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 come on. We hate this job. We hate what we do. It's it's rough, and we talk about our supervisors. We talk about and it, and it's all real. But when you don't have this to do anymore, it's it you, it it becomes a totally different uh, way of life, and it and it was rough. So um, the first week I went through, and that first week it was I had to I know what to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't have anybody to tell me that you know, it's going to be okay. You know, my wife told me the other, you know, but I had no cops to mm -hmm. come to my rescue. Mm -hmm. Nobody, no cops to come in to, to me and tell me, Dwight, you're going to be okay. This is what you're going to deal with. You're going to deal with this. It's going to be okay. Somebody I, you've been in the trenches with. Somebody, right. Somebody had been in the trenches with that, that, that had retired, like, like, like you, had, had, had knew what, uh, what, what, what I was going to be feeling and possibly be feeling, and I didn't have that. Mm -hmm. So I, I sat at home. And again, I, I was in tears. I I was in, and, and I and I was going through depression and didn't know it. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. I didn't I didn't know I was going through depression, but that's what I was going through. I didn't know it. Um, I got quiet. I would sit, and my wife knew it. She knew something was wrong. She mm -hmm. she just didn't know what. Um, but that was that was what I was. Uh, she would ask me, and I didn't nothing, nothing mm -hmm. wrong. I'm, I'm good. I watch TV. Um, and I, and I, I, I threw myself into a TV, and that's what I did every night. I would 
throw myself into the TV thinking that would take it away. But again, I'd have to go on the porch. And when I see a, when I'd see a squad car go by, I'd run out on the porch. You know, and see if they would know, because they all know where I live. Nobody never stopped. Nobody didn't slow down. Nobody waved. Nobody nothing. And that was rough. like a kid. Hey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and whenever I, I mean, whatever I saw, I, I was like a kid in a candy store. I'm looking and I'm watching. My eyes are gleaming and everything. And That's what you're conditioned to. Yeah, that's what, and that's what I'm, and exactly. That's 25 years. You're conditioned to this stuff, and it doesn't go away. So I, then I talked to people, and I, and I talked to a, another officer, retired officer that's been retired for a while. And, um, and she told me that, you know, I had those same feelings. You're going to feel that. You're going to feel that feeling of worthlessness. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel like you don't matter. Nobody cares about you. are going to have all those. I had them. And I, and I, and I told that person, I said, I wish somebody told me. I didn't know. I thought, I thought there was something wrong with me. But there was nothing wrong with me. It was these the the problems that we have when we retire, mm-hmm. when we when we when we don't have, we can't, we don't do, we become civilians. Mm-hmm. We we've been uh, cops for twenty for however long we've been, and now we don't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. And 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 when I was going through it, I didn't know it. It was just it was a normal thing. And no one's ever talked about it. Nobody never talked about it. Nobody told me. I didn't. I talked to people. I had talked to people, retired people, and nobody. Nobody, nobody told me. Mm-hmm. But nope. you know, they probably was going through the same thing or went through the same thing, and they were just embarrassed to say it. Or probably thought they were the only one. Mm-hmm. So I don't want yeah. to talk about it. Like because, I did. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's part of our culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's part of our culture. We don't want to think that, uh, we don't believe that there's somebody else that's going through this thing. We think it's just us. Mm-hmm. You know, and part of why we do what we do on this podcast is to bring out, no, you're not by yourself. It's not just you. You know, it's it's all of us that have to go through that kind of transition, mm-hmm. you know. So what was your impression when you was going up to? Pretty much uh, uh, piggybacking off of Brother Dwight. Uh, pretty much the same thing. Um, same type of feelings. Uh you know, when it was time to turn all your stuff in, you had to put it in this box, right? They gave you a list, and you had to check off this list. And it seems like everything you was checking off was taking a little piece of you away mm-hmm. because you know you wouldn't give it back. Mm-hmm. And so you had to put it in the box. And then on top of that, you had, they had to, or supervisor had to recheck it to make sure that they got all the items. And that was sort of an insult because it's like, okay, immediately, where's the trust? Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it, it sort of filters in almost immediately, even though um, it's an innocent action on their part. They're just doing their J-O-B. Mm-hmm. But being on the other, the flip side of the coin, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, okay, I'm not coming back to this, and, you know, I'm already being alienated. Well, it took me a while, uh, Brother Dwight, Pretty much went through the same thing, you know, uh, didn't know what to do with my time, trying to find uh, things to do, because unlike um, you, you were second, I was first. And so almost immediately when I got up in the morning, you know, uh, my hypervigilance in a sense kicked in because I know I was getting geared up uh, to put on this armor, to put on this uniform, to put on this 
uh, this gun and go out and uh, do what I do. You know, and it wasn't there. So now I'm up early, wee hours in the morning, you know, six, five, six o'clock, and what do I do? Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, I did the same thing, sat back, you know, watched the news, got a cup of coffee, and thought it would be, uh, uh, it would sort of just pass over. But it didn't. And it finally dawned on me after a while. Uh, let me backtrack. You know, and I sort of went through that phase where you said you sort of uh, uh, resisted in a conversation that we had, resisted going to that district. I actually went to the district. Oh, wow. You know, and it's like, hey, how y'all doing? Yada, yada, yada. You know, I did that a couple times. And um, immediately you could feel the distance. And it wasn't intentional when mm-hmm. the people were no. there. It was just that barrier. Now you're on the other side mm-hmm. of that counter. Yep. You know, and every now and again, you know, they let you in the back. You know, you get to say hi to people and yada yada. But um, uh, you still felt that separation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're a civilian now. That's right. Yeah, you're a civilian. That's right. And so uh, that's one feeling I had to fight. I'm like, okay, I ain't going back up there. Damn that. <laughs> Who wants to keep filling that? Exactly. Right. And so, uh, next thing that dawned on me is like, I got to do something with my hands. You got to keep, you got to keep active. You have to have something to burn up that energy. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things I started doing is just tinkering. You know, I just started tinkering, uh, uh, just doing projects around the house, et cetera, et cetera. And um, about the time I retired, a few other brothers retired too. And uh, we'd get together on occasion and, you know, sit back and, you know, laugh, joke, you know, have uh, a meal or two, breakfast, lunch, what have you. And that sort of was like, a, it helped, it was like a Band-Aid, um, because nobody really got into what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, we just, was just glad to be together because we don't been through it together, mm-hmm. you know, so nobody really brought up the old stories. Mm-hmm. And so, but uh, nonetheless... Uh, one thing I've learned from it is that um, it is a rebuilding period and you have to uh, recondition yourself or recalibrate yourself to a different form of life mm-hmm. and is it easy? Hell no because you know 25-30 years of your life has been locked up in this profession and you still prone to certain things you still react to certain mm-hmm. sounds or certain conditions Mm-hmm. And so that's going to take a while because it's coming up on three years. March should be three years, March of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be three years, and I still go through it, mm-hmm. you know. So it's going to take a while, but the more things that you can entrench yourself into so far as um, that would be activities, families, hobbies, or even another career, you know, that's going to sort of ease the sting. A little bit. Will it ever go away? Uh, I can't tell you at this point. Mm. I gotta Um, think it will. But I I call it this suffering in silence. We should never have to suffer in silence silence like that because there are too many other of us out here that's retired and we don't know. And the issue you didn't know I was going through that. I didn't know you went through. I didn't I didn't know. We we just we didn't know. We don't know that one other going through that. I guess that's what makes this so important Mm -hmm. is that we'll know and, and that message will hopefully get back to people that 
you know, when you do, do this thing, you need, you, I mean, you need your brothers and sisters to, to tell you it's going to be okay. Right. Yeah. You need them. And we, do, we probably need to put together um, a better support network. Mm -hmm. You know, while we have the mindset and means to do so, mm -hmm. don't cost us nothing. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. We got apparatus. We have locations. We have places to meet and, mm -hmm. and do our thing. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's just a matter of putting the time and energy to reach out to people and get them in the fold. Mm -hmm. sure. Hey, why don't you just come have brunch with us or whatever and mm -hmm. this, that, and the other, and blah, blah, blah. Or we're shooting pool this night and let's go and uh, we'll come over to my joint and we're good to go. Mm -hmm. You know, that don't cost no money. Mm -hmm. You know, that don't cost no money. But now, as a person that is about to accept the fate, <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> right, right, all right, right. I'm, 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 I'm at this door, right? And, and wait, before what? we get into that, what? I want to ask you two did, did you have like an exit interview with anybody from the, your departments? Was it a supervisor or command staff? Nobody said, hey, this is. What I know what that answer is. <laughs> In your exit, um, <laughs> your exit. You that way, <laughs> right? No, I guess the, the only thing that comes close to it is when I was talking about that checklist. Wow. Okay. That's about the only thing that comes close. That, to that, it. Yeah. That there's your exit in here. Hey, it's been real. Have a <laughs> have a good career. Make sure you didn't steal anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bye. Nobody. But yeah, as far as that, no. Nobody said, hey, is there anything you need to say? Anything you need to. You know, offload anything that we need to do anything. What? Nothing. I none of that. No, no. I didn't. I didn't have none of that. But, but the other th the, one of the other things with me, I was. But when you get one thing about this job, when you get time on, you can tell people what you think, and you know. It is you know, what it is. Yeah, and you you know right. And 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 I think that was one thing I I had an opportunity to do to tell people to go. Off yourself. Don't yeah, go fuck yourself. Off. You know, I don't, I, that was one thing I had, I did. I don't, and I didn't bite my tongue, you know, and so, you know, and I, I believe that whether they, it was fake or whatever, I, I think I, I, you know, got respect from some of those supervisors because I did that. I, I may be wrong, but I, I didn't have the problems towards my last year that I had in pre, 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 previous years. Like, sure. I didn't have those problems because, um, you know, because you, and I didn't, and I was never one to go out and, I didn't go out and chase, I didn't do all that stuff. I just, I went to work to do a job every day. I wasn't going to go out there and, you know, chase nobody. I wasn't mm -hmm. doing all that stuff, you know, and, and so I was considered lazy, you know, so whatever, I don't care, but, you know, but now I get a paycheck every month. I don't, and so it don't mean nothing. That, that laziness stuff, don't bother, it doesn't bother me. But, um, but uh, I think when you get time on, when you get time, as you walk, as you're out the door, don't bother you. People, people, people don't bother you. Don't they don't bother you. It, it's a, it's they don't bother you. And I think that's what lessened that thing so a little bit. At least, it, at least I believe it. For me, mm -hmm. is that they, they didn't bother you. There was no pressure. You know, whatever you wanted to do, you did. There was nothing. They didn't bother you as much. You know, when they gave you, you get the respect of being a vet, especially a street vet. Street vet, right. Mm -hmm. You know, now if you were locked up in a, you know, a, in an office or whatever the case may mm -hmm. be, but if you out there 
in in the trenches in every trenches, single right. day, you know, they're going to give you that respect because mm -hmm. basically it's nothing you haven't seen or been right. through. Mm -hmm. You know, especially if you're in, in a, like a medium size or large department, mm -hmm. it's just going to come to you. It's, it's just the nature of mm -hmm. the deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and so when I think about it and knocking at the door of this thing, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And I think my perspective is different because I have something else to look forward to, meaning doing the podcast and things mm -hmm. of that nature. Mm -hmm. So now I get to build a whole nother network and a whole nother team and a whole nother this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking forward to it. So for me, it's not as much anxiety, you know, with with doing the thing. So I you know, I don't know if that's just my perspective is, is just different. Um and and if I get, you know, a part time job doing X, Y, and Z, okay, cool, but I'm still looking forward to doing this. And so I think it, it's really helped the the therapy of of the anxiety of it all. Yeah. Having another hustle already set up. For example, you know, I had one, uh, you know, I was my thing, I was in the car. But then after a while, you know, the luster sort of sure. faded on that. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but nonetheless, it, it, it actually helps break the ice. Sure. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you already got another hustle that you can just trench yourself into, you know, and it takes your focus away from what you were previously focused on. Sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, there was some, I was talking to a friend of mine today, and I, and I was talking about the reality versus the ideal of how things are. Mm -hmm. The reality is I still live in America. I still live in a place where there's all kinds of, of problems racially. And I, I realistically think about where I'm going to live, how I'm going to live, because I know how the reaction is towards me. Mm -hmm. And now when I'm not part of the, the brotherhood no more, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. I got a 50-50 chance. Yeah. Their reaction was like, well, you should be able to do X, Y, and this, that, and the other. I, I get it. Mm -hmm. I, I get it. But the reality of it is this. And I gave several examples to this person, and they was like, oh, I didn't look at it like that. Mm -hmm. ah, you never done the job. Mm -hmm. I know. Mm -hmm. So that 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 part of it is a little anxiety for me, you know. Mm -hmm. So, but other than that, you know, I'm 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 ready to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's go. Mm -hmm. All right. And for me, I don't. For me, because that time is getting close, it seems like a paranoia, sort of, so to speak, like. Why, okay, I don't want to do this because I don't want to get in trouble because I, you know, and I don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, lose my job with less than a year to go. And, and we know people that and close. That, that <laughs> so that's what I'm experiencing now. Right. Like, I don't want to do nothing. I just want to go to work and go home and sit because I don't want to do anything wrong because I don't want to get caught up in something. Not that I'm doing anything wrong, right. but it's. Right. That's in the back of my head. Oh, we've seen you party. 
Party animal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm experiencing now. I don't, and I do have things set up for after retirement. But I'm sure I'm going to experience some of those things too because you've been doing it for so long. You know, you're, you're part of this and, you know... If something goes on on your block, you can just call somebody up and say, hey, what's going on up the street? And, mm-hmm. you know, just little things like that, and you, you, we won't be able to do yeah, it Yeah, the little perks are gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though but, I am ready to go. Right. But, but, I, but you know what? I, as I said before, you know, and I know what you're talking about, but I think, as I said, when you get, and see, all these people, as they can be jerks if they want to be jerks. They can be whatever they want to be. Mm-hmm. But I think people understand when you get time on, mm-hmm. when you when you're close to that that step, mm-hmm. people tend not to mess with you because everybody know that you made it. Mm-hmm. You 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 you're finally there. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't and, and I don't think it's been my experience that you know when you get to that point. Mm-hmm. People tend to, to take hands off. And I get that, but I still have that you feeling. You have that feeling, right. Right. You have that feeling. I still have that feeling that... To finish this race. Exactly. Right, to finish the race. i right. got to make it to the date. Mm-hmm. Even though I agree with you, people tend to leave you alone. Right. But in the back of my mind, it's just like, I don't want to do anything wrong. Right. But that, and I think a lot of times that's the, that's, that's the worst mistake you can make. Because then you tend to mess up when you start thinking, I don't want to do this, I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. You gotta I think you gotta you gotta go and you 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 see, one thing about this 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 gig that we do, mm-hmm. we know what to do. We've done it long enough, That's we true. know what to do. You mm-hmm. go and you do it. Do you just job. do it. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, it's instinctual. We we've done this, we can close our eyes and do this stuff. We mm-hmm. know what to do, and all you gotta do is just go and do it. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Especially if you've been doing it correctly. Especially if you've been doing it correctly. Right. You you know what it is, you just go and do it. You grab the bull by the horn and you go for it. Mm-hmm. Well, it it becomes one of those things like I said, it, there's a lot there's a lot that goes into it that people don't understand. That's right. No. It's more than just, hey, give me my gold watch. Hey, great time. Here's a feed at the district and this, that, and the other. Because if it wasn't, then we wouldn't have officer suicides or retired officer suicides mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. after the watch is over. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, ask New York about that. Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you have a high ranking retired, you know, Memory. police boss, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. kill themselves yeah. after retirement. After retirement, that there's a problem here, you know, and and I think part of it comes down to us willing realizing that we need a better support network. No you know what I'm saying? To talk about these things give people that advice let's do the breakfast let's do the brunch mm-hmm. let's have the pool night let's have the chill out night you know and 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 get you through this thing exactly you know mm-hmm. um because i was just like you know there's some people that you don't know if they went through this or not they probably did mm-hmm. but after you see them after a couple of years they got the big retirement smile and glow right one of the cats I ran across, he said, I didn't realize how much stress I was under by showing up at that place. 
And he said, even though I'm working another job, I don't have that stress. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole other animal that people don't get. You know, just by showing up. It's a whole nother level of stress that, that if you've never done it, you never get it. Mm-hmm. You know, he was like, I ain't got that stress mm-hmm. no more. And he still had his big retirement smile while he was working his other job. Mm-hmm. Because you think about it. We, work, we, we got up every day preparing for the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Preparing for the worst yeah. every day. Yeah. And in, in, in traveling into the world of unknown, and don't get me wrong, everybody else, especially in our first responder chain, mm-hmm. We all travel through the world of unknown. Mm-hmm. If you're in the ER, you don't know what's coming through the door. You know, if you, you're a firefighter, you don't know how tragic this fire is going to be. You know, so... But that's that stress level. That's that stress level. And if, if you're military and you got orders, and damn it, you definitely don't know what fuck you're getting on. So, as the first responders of the world, people don't understand why we can be a little screwed up (laughs) and it's not an excuse it's just to get people to understand this is where we're coming from exactly we're programmed to be hypervigilant and if we're not there you got problems problems. Mm -hmm. it takes us to show up every day to do what we do to make sure that you're good to go you're good Mm -hmm. to go right well that's a hell of a responsibility and, and I know everybody in this room never thought about that when they first came through the door. You know, and, and I'm just going to piggyback off of that. For those who are real with the profession, and what I mean by that, you're not going there for the paycheck. I mean, we all, so far as artificially, we say that. But in order to do this type of job, it's in your soul. Mm-hmm. It's in your soul. And so, I'm going to say this to say, no matter what they pay you per hour, it's not worth, let me put it this way, no matter what they paid me per hour, it wasn't worth my life. But neither mm-hmm. is it worth yours. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Somebody has to show up through the door. Somebody has to right. show up. Somebody has to right. do that job, and, and we've been chosen to, to go out and do it, and, and it's, right. it's you know, we, again, I, I mean, we, we have to, we, we're taken from our families, and, you know, we got to work, we have to work those holidays, and, the, you know, the days that we didn't want to work, and we, we have to work them, but that's, right. but that's what we were called to do, right. and, and, you know, and what, but I, let me, one thing I found, as, as hard as it was, for me, what was what was in? Well, I think what's important is that you take time off. I think now I, I was told somebody did. I don't know. Somebody did tell me that you you don't don't go back to work right away. You gotta take time. You gotta give this time to absorb into your system that you're you're not doing this anymore. Mm-hmm. You gotta have that that break. I've been off since July the whenever July thirty first, and and uh, I'm I'm a, at the point where I'm about ready to go back. I'm. Still trying to, you know, deal with this thing, but I'm to the point where I'm about ready to go back and start doing something, work something else because I'm that sitting around stuff is starting to get to me. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've traveled some, I've done not much as I want to do, but you know, but I've traveled some, and 
that that took that that took the edge off. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important as you as you guys get near to that time is that you take time off. You take you take that time and do nothing, absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. because it's important. You gotta have that time. To, you need it to debrief, just to go back and just, man, just to, to, to go back and think about what, what has happened over the last 25 years. And it takes, and somebody told me a year, I said, I ain't, no, I'm not going to do that. I ain't going to sit and be for a year. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. So, so, But it's important that you take some time off for yourself. I, I agree with you on the normal basis. Mm-hmm. But because of what I do, this is my debrief. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I've 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 talked to enough people, interviewed and and, and chopped it up and, mm-hmm. and everything. Um, this has become basically a life work now. Yeah. And to where I'm going to help my first responder chain mm-hmm. get through some of these things. Mm-hmm. You know, and so um, taking time off for me is is really just you know. I don't consider this work. It's a hobby. You know, I, I don't consider this work. So, you know, if I go back to a nine to five or if I go back to a part-time job or something other, uh, I'll reach that road when I reach yeah, it. Right. You know, but, you know, I'm, I'm diving all in. You're diving all in. Right? Yeah. I'm that's diving what you like to do. You like yeah. doing this stuff. Oh, yeah. So, it's yeah. Just no, so that's different. Yeah. You like doing this. Yeah. Because the goal is to help first responders have a healthy career and a healthy retirement. Yeah, yeah. Allow your retirement to be as long as your career. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And see, that's the key, is because it's still within your programming to be that activist, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. be that person to help another. Mm-hmm. When I retired, I still had my my little gig, and I was doing the cars, and it was cool, and for that first year. And but after a while, I was like, it still wasn't filling that void because mm-hmm. it I wasn't being an activist. Sure, you see what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so that's not the way I was programmed. It was cool. I was good at it. Clientele came up, but I was still empty. Mm-hmm. And so what you're doing, I applaud you, my brother, because yeah. it's. Going into the area, basically, it's just an extension of what you was doing. Sure. Now, are you, you know, carrying your gun? I don't know. You might have it on you. Not. I don't know. <laughs> but nonetheless, I <laughs> uh, keep my shit on me, even after retirement. So. <laughs> hey, don't nobody get no ideas. <laughs> nonetheless, it's just an extension of what you were doing. You still helping your fellow person, your fellow officer, your sister and your brother, mm-hmm. you know, and that within itself is the medicine for success. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, like I said, it's, it's genuine from the heart, and I think it's well needed, especially in the modern time. And I want to thank you for tuning in to Stories of the Frontline Heroes. I am your host, Mal Green, and for my squad partners, Lady Vet and Uncle B, Brother Dwight, He will be back with a second part, so be sure to tune in. Until then, you can catch me on Facebook as Mal Green and Stories in the Frontline Heroes is one of the pages um, that I run. Or you can email me your content or uh, comments, rather, at uh, malgreenmedia at gmail.com. Until next time, thank you.